Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, June 6th. Today's date is important in world history. On this date in 1944, Allied forces stormed the beaches of Normandy, France on D-Day. They were beginning the liberation of German-occupied Western Europe. And here's a little bit of entertainment trivia. On this date in 1933, a new movie theater opened in Camden, New Jersey that changed how a generation watched motion pictures. But do you know what was so special about this theater? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in with the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Tuesday forecast. And good Tuesday morning. We do have a couple of areas of rain possible first thing this morning and then another chance of a couple of showers and storms this afternoon, this evening. In between those two chances, a lot of today will be dry. Partly cloudy temperatures go through the 60s and 70s this morning into the 80s. Highs this afternoon in the upper 80s. Chances some scattered showers and storms today, tomorrow and Thursday as well. After that, it does look drier as we head towards Friday in the weekend with highs in the mid to upper 80s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, Colleton County officials say that someone is dead after a suspected drowning on Edisto Beach. Colleton County Fire Rescue and Edisto Beach Fire and Police responded to the incident on Palmetto Boulevard. When first responders arrived, they found an unresponsive adult who wasn't breathing and did not have a pulse. Efforts to revive them were unsuccessful. The Colleton County Coroner's Office has not yet identified the victim. The Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office says a man who was out on bond held a 16-year-old girl at gunpoint during a nearly 10-hour-long standoff. 45-year-old Tommy Boyd is facing several charges, including kidnapping and first-degree assault and battery. Deputies say they were called to a burglary at a home on Morgan Road around 5 o'clock Friday evening, where they say they found Boyd holding that teenager at gunpoint. They say negotiators were able to get Boyd to let the girl go, and she was then taken to a safe location. Authorities tell us SWAT was called in, and Boyd was taken into custody, and then to the hospital for evaluation before he was taken to jail. Boyd's bond, hearing, or Boyd's bond was denied during a hearing yesterday. And take a look at your screen. The Georgetown County Sheriff's Office needs your help finding this missing 17-year-old. They say Joey Lambert Jr. was last seen this past Friday, June 2nd. He was reported missing from his home on Walker Road in Lambert Town. If you have any information or know where Lambert might be, you're asked to contact the Sheriff's Office at 843-546-5102. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson is pushing to keep South Carolinians safe by urging lawmakers to pass bond reform. Wilson and the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division came together and sent a letter to the General Assembly yesterday. They claim that right now the system lets repeat offenders continue committing crimes, endangering South Carolinians. The letter asks lawmakers to pass a bill which would see bond revoked for people who commit violent crimes while out on bond for a different violent crime. This is not the first attempt at bond reform this year. Back in April, Governor McMaster pushed for stiffer penalties for people in possession of illegal guns. Local governments may soon be able to leverage money they make from tourism and invest it back into the community. Tourists already pay a 2% hospitality and accommodations tax at bars, restaurants, and hotels. 
now thanks to a bill that passed the state house last week that money can be put towards other projects like the housing our future project in charleston county the project includes dozens of goals and strategies to address affordable housing the project estimates charleston county will need 29 to 36,000 new houses or apartments over the next decade it also states that there's currently not enough affordable housing being produced for the amount of people coming to charleston county officials say they're waiting for guidance from the state on how the additional funds will be used a new leader has taken charge of the Charleston County Housing and Redevelopment Authority to provide more quality, affordable housing to low-income areas. Now, this is the same organization that's in charge of Joseph Floyd Manor, located in downtown Charleston, that serves low-income seniors for about 70 years now. This facility has gotten some backlash in recent years for failing inspections and having hundreds of 911 calls for criminal activity. Ariana Harris, she joins us live now there from with the latest on the new hire that and what the new hire is bringing to the table. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Katie and Nick. Angela Childers became the CEO within the last month and has about 25 years of housing authority knowledge under her belt. She says right off the bat, the residents have been wonderful, but notice that improvements to the building had to be a first priority. Childers says her and the rest of the board are working on what currently is Joseph Floyd Manor and what it will become with these improvements. So far, they put in a brand new boiler system, a new fire and security system, and they're working on new flooring and more cosmetic adjustments. Childers explains that they follow housing and urban development guidelines for inspections, and these regulations change regularly. For example, the guidelines will now focus more on the inside of the building instead of the outside. Childers shares that HUD has increased the median income limits nationwide for who can live in public housing. She says Charleston County received about a $5,000 increase, with a family of four having an average of $100,000 income level. Families that make at or below 80% of that can live in the Joseph Floyd Manor. We have a, a great, great leadership from the board. We have an amazing staff and we have wonderful residents. So we have all the ingredients to be successful. And they brought me in to, to mix that together and, and make us successful. Childers says that everything is still on the table to decide if they want to do a new building altogether. She says that the, her and the board have to make a couple decisions to decide if they want to continue the renovations or totally start from scratch. Reporting live in Charleston, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. A Mount Pleasant family is grieving after losing their son in a deadly motorcycle crash this weekend on Highway 17. According to the Charleston County Coroner, 19-year-old Brandon Newsom was riding the motorcycle when the crash happened. He died Saturday afternoon from the injuries he sustained in the crash. Our Molly McBride spoke with the family and brings us their message. Brandon Newsom's friends and family affectionately called him Eric. They've constructed this memorial right near Highway 17 and Lexington Drive, close to where that deadly crash occurred. For the past couple of days, it's been absolutely filled with family and friends coming to write messages on the cross, leaving flowers, or just reflecting on a life taken too soon. And I just don't want him to become a statistic. That's my biggest thing is I want people to drive past here and know that this, this is him and that he existed and 
he was a person and he's not going to be a number. Brandon's family says he was the type of person who brought light into people's lives and put smiles on their faces. Isabel says she's been blown away by the way the community has rallied around their family, including one Mount Pleasant woman who shared she was actually with Brandon after the accident. There was one who said that she actually got to hold him and be with him and that just made a world of a difference and that is something that I've clung to these past two days to know that you know he was here and he knew and, and, I, and down, deep down I know he heard her and knew that it was okay and that everything was going to be okay and that he had people waiting for him on the other side. The family says they want people to pay more attention to the roads and to slow down when they're driving because every life matters. The Mount Pleasant Police Department is investigating the crash. They're asking anybody with any information to come forward. We have that contact information under this web story at live5news.com. In Mount Pleasant, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. As schools across the Lowcountry kick off summer break, officials with Dorchester District 2 are planning for rapid growth. Superintendent Dr. Shane Robbins says they're projecting an additional 16,000 new students to enroll in the district within the next 10 years, with most of the growth around Beach Hill and Summers Corner. The latest projections show if no schools were built in that time, more than 3,000 kids would be zoned for Sand Hill Elementary alone. Robbins estimates the district may need six new elementary schools, one or two middle schools, and one high school to cover the demand. He says the district will have to bring mobile classrooms in, and they're looking at changing attendance lines to help overcrowding issues. If those changes are not made for the upcoming year, he says they'll need to discuss the changes for the 2024 and 2025 school year. A teacher advocacy group in South Carolina is stopping its direct advocacy efforts. SC for Ed is the organization that orchestrated the walkout of thousands of teachers at the State House back in 2019. In a social media post yesterday, the organization made the announcement that it will be scaling back its operations. Officials say the change was made to prevent further burnout from its team. In the announcement, the group is encouraging supporters to continue their efforts for other organizations that work for public education. State lawmakers are still not close to a deal on the state's spending plan that's set to begin July 1st. The two main budget lawmakers in each of the, ho the House and the Senate, they both insisted they weren't at an impasse at last night's meeting, a meeting which lasted less than three minutes. If the budget is not passed before the end of the month, things like raises for state employees, which lawmakers have already agreed to spend with an extra billion dollars, can not start. House Speaker Merle Smith has his members returning for a session tomorrow, but did not give a reason. Well, Governor Henry McMaster and other state officials toured South Carolina's coastal cities to see how they're preparing for hurricane season. National forecasters are predicting a near-normal season with five to nine hurricanes and one to four major hurricanes, those being a Category 3 or higher. Officials say the effects can be felt all across the state, not just in the coastal cities that hurricanes can impact. They say now is the time to prepare and understand what to do before, during, and after a hurricane hits. Highway Patrol is encouraging residents to learn their evacuation routes so the main roads don't get backed up. To help you prepare, head over to live5news.com slash hurricane. There you can find your evacuation route, a preparedness kit, and you can stream our hurricane special ahead of the storm. At the top of the show, I mentioned that on this date in 1933, a new movie theater that opened changed how a generation watched motion pictures. So what was so special about this theater? It was the first drive-in movie theater. 
Celebrating birthdays today, the man you know is Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy Krueger. Actor Robert England turns 76. Playwright actor Harvey Firestein is 71. And actress, comedian Sandra Bernhard is 68. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, a Low Country's news leader.